High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, overachievers, feminists, stoners, and guys who wear t-shirts over long sleeve shirts. Oh, and an extra special shout-out to the star basketball player. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my house this evening. But first... Did you bring your number two pencil? Did you remember to fill out the bubble clearly and legibly? No talking, no cell phones, and God, I hope you took the prep course, because today we're talking about an SAT heist film. We're talking about The Perfect Score. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. But before we get into all that fun, did you listen to last week's episode? On We Need to Talk About Kevin, huge thank you to Alexandra Schroeder once again for hopping on that very dark episode. I told her next time she could have something fun. Seriously, I, she's always on like the, the saddest ones. <laughs> <sighs> now back to the perfect score. Our guest this week is Erica W. Smith. You might remember her from our show on Saved. She picked this film and I just have to say, wow. I did not think that this many people would be that interested in this film. Honestly, I thought this was like a largely forgotten film. We had so much fun rewatching it, and I'm, you know, like, I'm so excited to just share with you our conversation. And seems like you guys are just as amped up for this one as we are. And I thought I'd, you know, take some time out, read over some of your comments. So here goes. Wayne wrote, Black Widow and Cap in high school? Not a bad movie. I agree. Definitely crazy seeing Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson in this one together. And let's talk about Chris Evans, shall we? America and the world is feeling him so much right now. As podcast friend and past guest Shawnee Mead said to me, a little bit of chivalry goes a long way. I suppose that's true. This is definitely a uh, Chris Evans time. I think uh, I think people are on Team Captain over uh, Team Iron Man these days. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> oh, and speaking of past guests, let me see. Alexa Barikian, who was on our Hot Chick episode, you'll remember that one, she chimed in on Facebook. So I posted uh, the poster of the film, as I do every week, and I hashtagged every actor, I think every actor, except Brian Greenberg. And I remember sitting there posting it and saying, should I have tagged Brian Greenberg? Does anyone even know him? I didn't, and I paid for it. 
Of course the huge Rob Schneider fan would call me out on missing the Brian Greenberg shout-out there. So sorry, Brian Greenberg, and sorry, Alexa. I apologize for, I don't know, missing him. But we'll talk about him plenty. We're not that flattering. But it's not his fault, trust me. You gotta listen to the episode. Hmm, who else? Oh, Eddie wrote, and I quote, The second greatest introduction to a ScarJo movie involving panties behind Lost in Translation. End quote. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that today for sure. I guarantee that. Oh, and I wanted to mention over on Instagram, the Teenage Dirtbags podcast commented, Can't wait to watch this one. And I have to give a shout-out to them. Completely unsolicited. If you love this show, you're going to love their show. Teenage Dirtbags Podcast. I just started listening to it, and I highly recommend it. We're both doing like the same thing, discussing iconic high school films, but we both have our own twists on it. And if you're like me, when you're hooked on a subject, it's just like, feed me more. Feed me more podcasts. I can't recommend Teenage Dirtbags enough. I feel like we're building, you know, like this team teen film podcast community, I guess. I don't know. You know what? Watch out, Murder Podcast. This is the next big genre. Oh, you know what that sweet sound means. And if you ever want a shout-out on this show, you know where to find me, by the way. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. High School Slumber Party. Really easy to find. But for now... Pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Let's take it away with, and despite the film's overall message, this song was on the soundtrack and featured in the film. Because I Got High by Afro Man. Oh, and stay tuned till the end of the episode for a very special announcement. Class dismissed. Roll another blunt. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom. But then I got high. Uh, my room is still messed up. And I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. I could have cheated and I could have passed. But I got high. I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high, because I got high, because I got high. Go to the next, go to the next, go to the next. Uh. I was gonna go to court before I got high. I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. So, Erica, thank you for coming back. Really appreciate you coming on and even reminding me that this movie existed. Similar to uh, your last turn on, Saved. You know, really, really funny. Um, A podcast came on my radar. They liked something on my Instagram. 
that maybe I think started in January, and they pretty much do what I do and like find high school movies and they talk about them, and they did Saved. Oh really? And I was like, what? We were the first. We were definitely <laughs> the first because I scoured like every podcast place just to try to find like someone who had done Saved and no one's done Saved. So I feel like our mission last time to bring Saved back to the masses, at least it returned it to the consciousness. I don't know. They could possibly have not seen our episode, but. People are talking about it, and that's awesome, so. Great. Yeah, well, I think both those movies, like, they're kind of, like, pre-internet, early mm-hmm. internet, like, the Just early like 2000s, yeah. like, the internet was around, but there's not much evidence uh-huh. still online <laughs> of them. <laughs> no, both films, um, today's film and Saved, had very, very little scholarship on them. Yeah. So, which is interesting, because any movie that comes out now, it's, like, pages and pages, and, like these 30 actors auditioned for this mm-hmm. or and even saved had more than this film which is interesting yeah there was not much <laughs> though i did find some fan fiction about this one no yes <laughs> oh my goodness you need to share do not forget that please <laughs> <laughs> you've been on this show before but just a reminder introduce yourself say your name um, your high school and your team name and Yeah, um, I'm Erica W. Smith. I graduated from Heartland High School in Heartland, Michigan back in 2008, and our mascot was the Eagles. The Eagles. Go Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) When I first reached out to you and was like, this is what I do, what kind of movies would you like to talk about, I was super, super impressed because your list included films like this. Films I had seen in Mm -hmm. high school that I had not remembered. And The Perfect Score is one of these films that once you mention it to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I did see that for a specific reason, and I'll get into it. Mm -hmm. I saw it in theaters. I remember even the commercial for it. Because, you know, when you're, I don't want to say a kid, when you're in like high school or young, you know, these commercials really stick out at you because they're aimed at you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the first time you saw The Perfect Score? The first time, I guess you gained consciousness of of I was trying to realize, because it came out, I think, in January 2004, Mm -hmm. Um, so I would have been in eighth grade at that point, and I don't think I saw it when it came out. When I saw it, I knew what the SATs were, but I wasn't really worried about them yet, so I think I was either a freshman or sophomore in high school, and I think I actually owned the DVD of this, which makes me think I probably got it from, like, a dollar bin or something (laughs) like that, and it was just like, oh, Scarlett Johansson's cool, Chris Evans is cool, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. I actually was taking the SATs, or I just taken the SATs, or was in the SAT zone. So I graduated in 05, this is January of 04, so that makes like kind of about mm-hmm. sense. So it was very topical for me at the time. <laughs> and I think you mentioned this uh, before we got on air when we were uh, chatting via email, but you hadn't seen it since like that era. Yeah, right? I was trying to remember the last time I saw it. Um, I did have it on DVD, so I think I watched it throughout high school and maybe a little into college, but I think it's been probably a good 10 years <laughs> since I've seen it. <laughs> Which I definitely, like, either, I think I saw it in theaters. It was either theaters or, like, right when it came on DVD. And I, no, it was theaters now, I remember now. So I only saw it that one time and hadn't seen it till the other day. And thank you for mentioning it was on HBO because I probably yeah. would have rented it somewhere, which is fine, whatever, <laughs> what's $3, but still. Yeah. But yeah, anyone listening, you can stream it on HBO. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because it's not just, like, you know how HBO has movies and, like, they're, archive whatever hbo go hbo now that they don't run this one was actually like running on one of their like side channels oh it was playing like five times in the next week i'm like wow so <laughs> that's pretty who's cool. watching that i want to know <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because again like i haven't not thought about this movie uh since like you brought it up 
way back, you know, when we were talking. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the perfect score, I do this every week where I read the back of the VHS cover, the DVD cover. This is definitely DVD era, but it's not mm-hmm. like, not Blu-ray era yet, I don't think. No. Maybe, maybe. Honestly, who gets this film on Blu-ray? Like, yeah, <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Though it is a heist film. It's not like for the effects. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Six high school students band together to develop a plan to heist the SAT exam in order to prevent the test from unfairly defining who they will become. Each in their group have his or her set of circumstances that leads to the conclusion that the only way to truly decide one's fate is to beat the system. I mean, that describes it, but that's pretty vague. Like, yeah. <laughs> the kind of, the only way to decide your fate is to beat the system. They, they try to steal the SAT answers. That's what they do. <laughs> These are always written by people who never saw the movie. Yeah. I've concluded, especially then. So it's definitely that. Like, huh. I remember this poster very distinctly. Mm-hmm. I think it probably is the DVD cover as well. It has, like, just the five of them, like, yeah. walking, you know, like in, mm-hmm. in a motion. Oh, so I read a note that stealing the SATs, it says it's actually somewhat impossible because almost every student gets a different exam in the classroom. Yeah. So you could you could get the answers, but you would never, you know, know if you got the right test. Yeah, you'd have to steal, like, five sets of answers at least <laughs> and memorize them all. Yeah. The only, like, I guess, uh, like, swerve you could have done in this film is that how many... I just said it. There, what? There's six of them, six right? Of them, yeah. Let's say there's six sets of answers that they all go in to, to steal the answers together, and like knowing that just one of them is going to get it right, mm-hmm. because that that, that kind of would add a different element to me. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Couple things here. Uh, this movie was not well received at all. No, it had I think a 16 percent tomato, which seemed a little low to me. <laughs> 16. Yeah, it, it definitely was low um because 16 percent there that's pretty bad yeah pretty bad if you're taking the sats 16 percent you're not gonna get it anywhere and Uh, the the audience percent was 43 which makes a lot more sense yeah um i do think to be fair for the rotten tomatoes scores for movies coming out in this era like there were only maybe four or five links okay two reviews um and i think like half of them were like this movie is terrible and the other half were like this movie, not great, but kind of fun, which is kind of where I fall on it. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I think we're in agreement there. For international fans, I was thinking, because we do have a, oh, a yeah. few, the SAT, it sounds silly, it is not, as they say in this film, the suck-ass test. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, well, in the film they say it doesn't stand for anything Yeah, uh, that it used, scholast- used to be scholastic aptitude test, okay, and now yeah. it just stands for itself. <laughs> Basically, and I don't know how it is today, but basically, back in my day, you had to get a good SAT score, essentially, to get into college. I know they have, like, the mm-hmm. ACT as well. Yeah, so um, I think this is kind of a regional thing. My school was much more focused on the ACT. Oh, okay. um, I think it's kind of a Midwest thing. Gotcha. It's more ACT. Um, and also, for me, when I took the SAT, and I don't know, you were probably either right before this or right in this, they added an extra section, so yes. it was no longer out of... Uh, 1600 is out of 2400. So I was the last year without that section. Yeah, I was like one of the first years. Or like with maybe it. the second to last. Yeah, no, we that it was that was around the cutoff, yeah. which is so confusing for me now because I can't. 
theoretically compare my SAT score mm-hmm. to uh, other SAT scores now, or I guess I could, but it, like you said, it's not just that they changed the score. There's a whole entirely new section. Yeah. I guess I'll, I'll ask you, like, what was your, did you take the SAT seriously or, or the ACT or what did you take? Yeah, I, I took both of them, okay. um, but I think ACT I took more seriously. Um, I did take both. I think I took both multiple times. Mm-hmm. I was I was the Anna in this <laughs> in, the, in this analogy. But yeah, my school was much more um, focused on the ACT. They they like everyone in my class took the ACT, and then if you wanted to take the SAT, you had to go to a different school to do it, which I did. Gotcha. Um, and I did pretty well on both. I did better on the ACT than the SAT though, and I. I remember, like, the S- ACT you do in kind of just a couple chunks and the SAT you do in, like, 20 chunks. <laughs> yeah, a they lot of breaks. say yeah. that the ACT is just, well, I don't know how to call it better, but especially for people who aren't the best test takers mm-hmm. or uh, even they say people with anxiety or stuff like that, like the ACTs, overall, I've heard a better test. I only took the SAT. Mm-hmm. And were you someone who really, really prepped for the SAT? Um, so I had like a workbook that I did and I took a couple of practice tests, but um, I know a lot of people take like these after school classes and stuff and I didn't do any of those. Yeah, um, I know some people like it's like a second school for them. Yeah, but actually at this point, um, my mom worked at a bookstore, so she brought home some like free oh, um, practice workbooks for me. So I worked through some of those and took a couple of practice tests. But um, so yeah, I studied for it, but I didn't take an extra class or, or go too crazy about it. Side note. I know it might not be, but it does sound enchanting for your mother to work at a bookstore. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, like it was just thing. a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, but that sounds <laughs> but fun. It was know? nice. Like, we got yeah. some, <laughs> some free books and stuff like that. Yeah. That's really cool. Like, Barnes and Noble's like re emerging. Mm-hmm. I used to spend a lot of time in Barnes and Noble in high school. Mm-hmm. And there's like a certain scent to Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love it now that I have a nostalgia for Barnes and Noble, but. Growing up, like in high school, Barnes and Noble was known who was killing bookstores. You know, yeah, <laughs> that was like the internet. Like, yeah, now Amazon's killing Barnes and Noble. It's <laughs> the circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like, um, Barnes and Noble executives sitting in like their tower, like ten, fifteen years ago, just thinking they're going to dominate the world, and yeah. not even picturing what was going to happen to them. And I don't know if you've seen uh, "You've Got Mail." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's funny because like uh, the Tom Hanks character, Joe Fox, like. It's not Barnes & Noble, but he owns, like, or his family owns that bookstore, and they're, like, you know, kicking poor Meg Ryan out. Yeah. And, you know, the movie treats it like an inevitability, but I bet you now Joe Fox might be looking for a job. He would be. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You said you took the test a bunch of times. It was because you were trying to hit a certain score, or was there a college you had in mind that you really wanted to go to, or or Yeah, I was like, I was the overachiever. I wanted to go to Yale. Um, I did not get in. (laughs) And I went to um, Boston University, which actually got a pretty good scholarship. Great school. Yeah, (laughs) uh, in part because of my standardized test scores. Um, And I was also co-valedictorian. There are, I think, five of us. Wow, so so you really... I was the Anna. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, uh, I think I took the PSAT... I think sophomore year, junior year, whenever you do that. And then I think I took SAT twice, and I think I took the ACT two or three times as well. Gotcha, cool. So, I mean, not to not to bring up old bad memories, but like, <laughs> were you really disappointed when you didn't get into Yale? Um, I w- kind of was. I do think, like... Ultimately, I think it was good that I didn't. And I also, when I when I look better, but like, why did I want to go? I think it was 
mostly because of Gilmore Girls. Oh, I knew you were say that. Like I had a feeling you were gonna say that because like that's what I think of too. Yeah. <laughs> and just like the prestige of it, but um, I loved BU, and I think I probably had a better experience there than I would have um, at Yale. That makes sense. No, and that's you know, in Boston, obviously, a very cool city. Not that New Haven is. Well, I don't know. Um, no offense to New Haven fans. Mm-hmm. I've been a couple times, but I thought the same thing. Is like I was passing by Yale. I'm like, oh, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, did you feel a lot of uh, pressure? I guess. Um, I did, but I think it was mostly coming from myself. Okay. Um, more than anyone else. Yeah. So I was kind of the opposite. I have th- two younger brothers. I'm oldest in my family I'm the oldest grandchild on my mother's side and I'll say this like I'm not blaming my parents this is not that kind of podcast but they didn't really put too much um pressure on college my father was a very successful or is you know a very successful businessman Mm -hmm. and he like you know got it like a two-year business degree my mother didn't go to a four-year college and you know they were both happy but my school put a lot of pressure on, uh, and, and we'll talk about it here, because I think mm-hmm. this movie had so much potential to even be better, because it does hit certain things yeah. home, or like it should at least, like it brings up certain points. And um, at my school, it was like so focused on college and having a particular type of job. And looking back, I think it was not the right approach, not necessarily for me, Mm-hmm. I ended up going to St. John's University, which is talked about in this film. Yeah. So you know, I'll definitely talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not take the SAT seriously. I think I took it. I took them twice because the first time I took it, I didn't take it seriously at all. That mm-hmm. I got a score that I don't even remember what it was. It was like, oh my god, I cannot do this, you know. So I took it a little more seriously than the next time. I got a score that was just enough for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's good. But I don't remember my exact score. I know I was in the like 90th percentile in verbal mm-hmm. or whatever the better one is, 90 or 10. I forgot how they refer to it. Yeah. And I did so crappy at the math. <laughs> like it, that word like evened out to like a slightly above average yeah. score. So and a couple of the characters here have seem to have those kind of problems where they're either good at the math or good at the verbal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely a, a flaw with the test. Maybe it was corrected. Um, what is the third section? writing so it's like an essay section which yeah I actually yeah and I thought like I think of myself as a pretty good writer I I majored in journalism and English at college but I think I did pretty badly (laughs) comparatively on the the SAT I think just because like you have to write an essay in like what 20 30 minutes and the prompt is usually stupid oh my god (laughs) and yeah it's just like not the best environment I think I think it generally, like, I don't think standardized tests should grade essays. It's, I don't think it's a good... Well, how do you grade it? Or You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. How do you judge what's good writing or bad writing? I mean, well, deep question, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it, it's so confusing. Now, you, like, jogged a memory of mine. I remember I did... Not that I did good on the verbal the first time, too, but I did really good on the verbal the second time. Mm-hmm. Because they, we didn't have essays, but we had, like, short blurbs that we yeah. had to write. And the prompt was a story that I legit read a week before that. Mm-hmm. So I did not even have to read it. And I was able to just write about yeah. it and move on. I remember finishing really early and just being like not so tense. And mm-hmm. and, and then that can happen too. It, it is a really, really screwed up test. And it's so like crappy that really so much of your life 
is dependent on it. Mm-hmm. But back to like what I was saying with, with my high school, they were so focused on people getting into school colleges and maybe they got like extra money from the state because mm-hmm. of it maybe that's why or, or as, it, i have heard that i think even this movie it says that like certain schools get extra money or yeah teachers get extra money say, for good yeah. sat scores they were so focused on it that i think they steered a lot of kids the wrong way mm-hmm. in this movie uh one of and I'll, I'll, we'll go over the character names because i kind of forgot them yeah <laughs> in this movie one of the characters says oh i'm gonna be stuck at my dad's um plumbing yeah place and well, I worked for my father for a little bit, hated it, and I get that you don't want to be stuck in a family business, but plumbers make good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I was going to school, like, vocations like that were really discouraged, mm-hmm. and I don't, like, I I think it was part of this kind of, like, industrial triangle of the SATs. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It kind of makes me sad sometimes, because you have people who went to college and who are in a lot of debt right now, who really... It sounds shitty to be like, maybe they shouldn't have been in college, but maybe they shouldn't have been, you know, just to pick on someone like me, like a government and politics major, mm-hmm. or like an English major, or a philosophy major, you know? Like, what 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 can a philosophy major do? And watch, one of you, like, really six-figure philosophy majors is going to come <laughs> to me and be like, I'm a philosopher. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think that traditional, like, you go to high school, you graduate high school, you go to college, graduate college, like, just the way college is much more expensive, and there are much fewer good salaried full-time entry-level jobs now, I think that traditional path, like, does not really work for a lot of people anymore, and I think we're just in a time where that's all all changing. Um, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. And, and it's funny, because this movie, 04, it, like, it tries to touch on these things, mm-hmm. which I found interesting. And, you know, we'll probably talk about it more at the end, but I think if it focused more on some of these things, yeah, that it probably would have done, or like at least been critically better. Who knows how it would have been. Uh, yeah, I like such. that it did have kind of a anti-standardized test message, at least in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, and that was probably my favorite part. So you said some names before, and their names I even forgot were in this yeah. film. So I want to go through this cast. Uh, first, Chris Evans is really our, our lead mm-hmm. as Kyle, and obviously many of you know him from his uber stardom now. Yes. Uh, I mean, Captain America. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson's in this as well. Mm-hmm. We did another Scarlett Johansson film on this podcast, Ghost World. Very different film. I would say, like, Kyle's, like, a very vanilla kind yeah. of guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm using, like, air quotes, but you know what I mean. Like He's, like, the good dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, the good, the good like, white America, yeah. white bread boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, frankly, was, and still is, but very much was the lead of a lot of films. Yes. Like, back then and in the history of films. Like, mm-hmm. let's get, like, the bland dude he's not the chris evans is bland but you know what i mean yeah like, the character is kind of <laughs> kind of boring yeah and it's what a funny way to like write to like your lead character is your most boring character but it kind of was like yeah i mean i don't know if he's the most boring okay maybe but... not maybe, maybe not no 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 definitely, there are some candidates here. yeah <laughs> definitely up there <laughs> good point and then uh scarlett johansson is definitely that like kind of stereotypical cool girl yeah you know? she's like the Sexy rebel, yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to always gravitate to like 
the Scarlett Johansson like characters, but how, like I, I, how could you not? But it is kind of like a stereotype. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think all these characters are, are kind of stereotypes. Very fair. Yeah. And of course, Scarlett Johansson plays uh, Black Widow in all these mm-hmm. Marvel films. And I looked it up as the first of seven collaborations between Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Now, five of them are Marvel films. Can you name the one that's not? I don't think I can. I didn't know it either. And then what is it? Apparently, Chris Evans doesn't have a big role in it, but it is The Nanny Diaries. Oh, I did see that when it came out, <laughs> and I have not seen it since because it wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that was a different Scarlett Johansson phase. I think I saw that film, too. I remember they kind of marketed it as, like, a Devil Wears Prada type. Yes. And then it was nowhere near as no. good. Is he the love interest in that, or is he someone else? His role was not, like, it didn't have a name. Oh, okay. Sense. It was, oh, no. He he must be the love interest, uh-huh. because he's the second one billed, but it just says Harvard hottie. Um, oh, yeah. I think our, I think it, she was, like, she didn't know his name until the end. Okay. Like a Mr. Big situation. Ah, gotcha. So I guess he is the love interest. Yes, that's right. I remember thinking while watching this movie that HBO uh, series John Adams came out. Mm-hmm. And it had John Adams and Laura Linney as John Adams yeah. and um, Abigail Adams. And they also are the couple in this film. Mm-hmm. So that was the one thing I remembered from the film. Oh, Okay. <laughs> weird fact to relate, but whatever. Yeah, Nanny Diaries, something we probably won't cover on this podcast, but who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's worth a rewatch. I'm not sure. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the one uh, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans film mm-hmm. that's not a Marvel film besides for this one. Now, you know, she kind of has like some like Black Widow-ish outfits in this film. Yeah, they, when they have that like kind of Matrix fantasy yeah. scene, I was like, this, this looks like her Marvel character. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the rest of this cast, Erica Christensen as Anna. Yeah. Which is funny, because you said you were Anna, and her name is Erica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's, like, the most famous Erica probably out there. <laughs> Besides Erica Badu, but that's spelled differently. True, yeah. No, that's a good point. Like, Erica's not that uncommon of a name. Yeah. It's not a famous name. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a fairly common name, but there's there's not a ton of famous ones. I never know? thought of that. I gotta, like, when I'm on my subway trip home, I'm gonna be like, damn it, that Erica. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, she plays Anna, the overachiever, as you said. She's struggling with the test. And I knew her from uh, this film called Swim Fan, mm-hmm. which we'll cover. And she was also in Traffic, but I don't really remember her much from Traffic. Yeah. I feel like she was in, like, a number of kind of teen movies yeah. around that time. Because she's, I, if she's not, like, top build on the poster, she's, like, she's higher build than I think Chris Evans is on mm-hmm. the poster, which is interesting. Then you have uh, Brian Greenberg as Maddie. And I have to say, like, the fashion of Maddie was the exact fashion, like, I had or my friends had in high school. It's extremely 2004. (laughs) You don't, it's hard to think, right, of, like, what 2004 fashion was. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's like, 90s party, 80s party, and I get it. But, like, if someone's, like, 2004 party or, like, what do they call the 2000s decade? Like, Like the noughties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I don't know, eventually we're going to have these parties. Yeah. Because... People didn't think they'd have 90s parties. Like, what's a yeah. 90s party? This whole movie, I think, is a, is a good example of <laughs> the worst of early 2000s. <laughs> it's like the t-shirt and the long sleeve yeah, shirt under yeah. for this guy. Even, like, the hair. I kind of yeah. still keep my hair like that sometimes, but not on purpose. But this guy was, I think, the most of the guys, like, of that mm-hmm. era in terms of, like, look. And it's things I can't even name off the top of my head, but trust me, if you were young in... 
between like 2000 and 2008, mm-hmm. you know someone or you looked like this guy, you yes. know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, the one thing I recognized him from, another HBO show, you can tell I watch a lot of HBO, uh, How to Make It in America. Mm-hmm. It only lasted a couple seasons, but I liked it, underrated, but whatever. Another podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, he was someone who was like, I don't know if I've seen him in anything. And then I looked up his IMDb and I'm like, oh, I think I have. I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's also, he was popped up in like some other stuff. Yeah. I don't think he's ever been, besides that show, like the lead of anything. Yeah, he seems like he's been like working regularly, but hasn't really led things. Which good for him. I'm sure yeah. he makes a good paycheck. <laughs> Roy was played by Leonardo Nam. Mm-hmm. He's our narrator. Yeah. And he's like, I guess, the stoner kid. Yeah. Very much a stereotypical stoner kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did not escape that stereotype at all. And he's, you know, they even show, they even play like Because I Got High by Afro yes. Man. When, like, he, <laughs> like, it just, oh boy. Yeah. Now, so he was also um, one of the love interests in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movies. Oh. So he had like a moment around this time. He was? And then he was, um, I think, Tibby's love interest, Amber Tamlin's character. Um, and then I haven't seen him in anything since, but I read that he's in Westworld now, which I haven't watched. Oh my God. You're right. Yeah. And you know what's even crazy? So very, very different film. But two weeks ago, we did the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, mm-hmm. and he is in that as well. Oh, really? But he look, I'm going to show you a picture of him. Yeah. So completely oh. <laughs> different than his Whoa. character here. Yeah. So sorry, I saw that. I'm like, mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm, I'm not into that kind of blonde look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, not his most best role here, you know? I mean, he kind of, in terms of like having to do things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think he was like, he did okay, though, like, for what he was given. Yes, that, yeah. I should say that. He did okay for what he was given. He did good for what he was given. He wasn't given much. Yeah. Like, honestly, nobody was really given much in terms of role yes. here. Um, I'm saving one of the guys for later, but Matthew Lillard plays Larry, the older brother who still is at home, mm-hmm. essentially. And Matthew Lillard's been in, obviously, a bunch of things. I always think of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, but... Oh, yeah. Silly. That's him. <laughs> Uh, what's the horror franchise he's in? I think he's in, like, Scream or something. Let me see. Lillard. I don't think it's Scream. Matthew Lillard, horror. Scream. Yeah, he is in the original oh. Scream. Good to know. Mm-hmm. And the last guy I wrote down here was Darius Miles, who plays Desmond. Yeah, who is a real basketball player. Yes. So I was like, I don't think I've seen him in anything. And, and actually, then... that's the reason I watched this film. And not because I was so into Darius Miles' career. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons... Sadly, probably the main reason I went to St. John's was because I was a huge fan of their basketball team, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is not a reason to go to college, guys. And I'm like, cool. It's like going to the sport I like, which, again, dumb reason. (laughs) But Darius Miles' story parallels this so much, I can only imagine that's why they hired him. And I remember following Darius Miles while he was Mm -hmm. in high school. He was this huge prospect. St. John's was recruiting him. And he was going to go there, but he decided to go pro instead. And in this film, St. John's is recruiting him, and it's kind of the opposite because he ends up going there. The coach for St. John's, Mike Jarvis, at the time, is actually the coach for St. John's in this film, Mm -hmm. which is weird. But by the time the film came out, he was fired. Also weird. Uh And ironically fired for, among other things, recruiting violations. Oh, really? (laughs) I thought that was interesting. It's a little awkward with promoting this. Yes. (laughs) And it's funny because, one, I don't think this film paints St. John's in a very good light. 
<laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just need a 600, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is not the case, but maybe for the basketball team. Mm-hmm. But why, as a coach, would you, like, portray that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we really learn about it is that his mom's like, you should get a degree in case, you know, you get an injury and you can't be a basketball player. But we don't really learn it, like, why this college? She's just like, you should get a degree. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and that element's interesting because he makes the counterpoint that if I did get a degree and I get hurt, I might have a degree, but I might not have a job, especially since yeah. it wasn't probably easy to get into this school. And this is, I think, why Darius Miles chose the NBA, because I read a lot about him uh, in prepping for this. He's, he made $83 million as his NBA career. That's amazing. And he never really developed as a star, and it was for the reasons that the coach said in this film, that mm-hmm. he needed to work on his game, and he didn't. But, you know, you work on your game for four years, and yeah, you're getting a scholarship, but you're losing out on millions of dollars. Yeah. Sometimes it is a silly argument. They seem like they're they're kind of in they're in New Jersey town and a nice New Jersey town, so mm-hmm. they don't seem like they're poor. You know? Yeah. So it's not like he's a guy who really really needs the money. But I think we could all use a couple million dollars. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, just wanted to say some things about Darius Miles before I forget. Mm-hmm. Kind of a sad story with him. It didn't work out for him, though. He did make eight, sorry eighty two million dollars. He ended up filing for bankruptcy a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. He had um, a lot of problems, weapons problems. But I mention this because just in October 2018, he wrote a really revealing revealing article on the Players Tribune mm-hmm. like about his life and about like his bankruptcy and really like his mental health struggles and how he really wasn't prepared for mm-hmm. the NBA. And he's like, I'm doing so much better now and I just need to share my story. So guys, I'll post it on uh, our social media definitely like read into his story because i i didn't want to mention that he went bankrupt or got 82 million without saying you know that like he's the one sharing this you know yeah i'm not yeah. here to make fun of darius miles yeah i mean if you're i mean he must have been what, like 18 years old when yeah. he, he started doing that so like i certainly couldn't have handled <laughs> balancing <laughs> exactly and that's the thing like budget. imagine having yeah. millions of dollars pressure like that people watching you on tv and you're 18 years old. Yeah. Ugh. No. <laughs> I get anxiety now just thinking about it. And he, uh, I have to say, like, not to diss him, not really a good actor. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm, he wasn't terrible, but he he just certainly didn't stand out. No, yeah. um, I don't think, again, they gave him much to do. And yeah. sometimes I thought he was, like, doing really well. And sometimes <sighs> it's a very ambitious choice to just take a basketball player, not I'm not like picking on basketball players, or just like somebody who's not a professional actor, yeah, and saying, "Hey, you're acting in this film now in mm-hmm. an ensemble thing. You're not making a cameo." Yeah, it's different if you're a guy like LeBron James or Michael Jordan who just like talks to the media every day. Mm-hmm. This is like I don't know how old he was when he shot this, but he couldn't have been, you know, yeah, like twenty maybe, you know, yeah, so, ugh, that like kind of. I don't know. I just feel bad for him. Before we again, and we, we're not going to go scene by scene with this one because frankly, mm. it's an hour and a half, and there are not that many scenes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> there aren't really. It's it's a pretty quick one. <laughs> I honestly thought there was like a little bit more to get in depth with and saved than yeah. in this film. Yeah, I think so too. But the, I have to mention the director. His name is Brian Robbins, and no offense to this guy, but he's directed some really poorly received <laughs> stuff. Now, some stuff I definitely knew. Uh, Good Burger. Varsity Blues, which we'll cover on this uh, show, uh, Ready to Rumble, which was like decently successful, it was like a wrestling film. 
hardball with Keanu Reeves. So he's done a lot of stuff, but not well-received stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but he kind of attached himself to Eddie Murphy in like a very dark period. Mm. Um, he directed Norbit. And his last film, A Thousand Words with Eddie Murphy, got a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's got to be kind of hard to do. <laughs> 0%? Not yeah. one critic was like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> and he hasn't directed a film since. So When was that? Oh, like the it, last one he did. Let's look. So a thousand words was in two thousand twelve. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a it's been, it's a, been while. a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know, and <laughs> I don't want to like pick on this guy too much, but yeah. Uh, so someone on my podcast recently was talking about this phenomenon where just again not to pick. Well, kind of, but this whole, like, uh, guys... Yeah, like, like, failing up. Yeah, failing up. And this is a total example of failing up, because this guy directed, like, 15 movies, and none of them were a hit, and none of them have, like, a positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I say, how does that happen? But... Did did they do badly like at the box office? Yeah, most of okay. them did too. Yeah. <laughs> Not like Varsity Blues did well. Yeah. Um, a couple of them did well. I think Hardball did okay. Uh, Ready to Rumble did okay. So, but he wasn't making. You can be crappy, crappily like like Michael Bay, right? Like Michael yeah. Bay, like has really crappy movies on Rotten Tomatoes, but makes a shit ton of money. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the case here. Like he hasn't done good enough to. I don't, again, I don't want to put this guy out of a job. I hope he's not, like, homeless somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think this was, it was fine for what it is. No, I, I'm not counting yeah. this film in that. I want to be clear. You know, this is not a 0%, or it does not deserve a 14% either. No. <laughs> uh, to be fair. And especially coming off Varsity Blues, another teen movie, I totally got why he was hired. Mm-hmm. I just looked at his later career, and I was like, wow. Yeah. This is, uh, this is interesting. But you know what, Brian Robbins? If you got a comment to make, find me on Twitter, and... Correct my point of view. We'll say that. Maybe you got screwed over somehow. I don't know. <sighs> so let's dive in. We got our six essential characters, and you'll have to help me out here mm-hmm. in terms of what's everyone's shtick. And we kind of yes. mentioned it for some people, right? Kyle needs a high SAT score because he wants to be an architect. Yeah, and he wants to go to Cornell. Which I, I, I guess is a very good architecture school. Yeah, it's an Ivy League school. Um, and he only applied to Cornell, which is... Very stupid. That's yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> Like, are you an idiot? Yeah. We did another film, Orange County, where um, Colin Hanks' character only applies to Stanford, mm-hmm. which again, very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, did your what did your parents and guidance counselors know about this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing. Like, the guidance counselors were like up our ass, so like have a safety school, have yeah. All this, and even if it gets lost in the mail or something, you don't know, you know? Yeah. The, the missions director could be having a bad day and just mm-hmm. be like, I don't like this person's name. Yeah. And I'm sure that happens far more often than people would like to admit. Yeah. You can't do that. I think not when your name is Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Especially, again, when the school is an Ivy League school, too, yeah. as well. I mean, like you said, you applied to Yale, you applied to an Ivy League school. I'm sure there was some part of you say, hey, I might not get in. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I applied to like seven or eight schools total. I know um, a couple people also who, not applied to one school, but a couple people from my school applied to these Ivy League schools, not dissimilarly, but were so shocked when they didn't get in because mm-hmm. they had put like four to eight years, even middle school, thinking, I'm going to this school, I'm going to this yeah. school, I'm going to this school. And that is such a terrible mindset. I mean, I could say that now, but if theoretically I ever have children or mm-hmm. nephews or nieces or something, and they're like so obsessed with one school. I'll definitely give the advice, like, hold on, buddy. Yeah. 
that's it's just not a good that's why i asked you like if you were like hurt when you didn't get him to yale or, or whatever because not to gossip or whatever <laughs> but one one person at my school she applied to stanford didn't get in and had a nervous breakdown and oh, missed wow. like months of school because mm. of it and i feel really bad her whole life was just like Stanford, 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 yeah. Stanford. And she was one of the top of the class. And my school is a pretty competitive school. But sometimes, again, it's the wrong day, the wrong time, you know, the wrong yeah. person. So, yeah, this dude applying to Cornell. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we mentioned his older brother, Larry. Um, mm. Kind of a classic archetype of just like the older brother who didn't go to school. And yeah, just, like, living. Home. I did like when he was like, I don't live at home. I live above the garage. I loved yeah. that line. I loved that line. It's a separate line. dwelling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about you, Kyle. One of these days, you're going to try to regain this lost youth of yours, and you're going to go head first into a shit pit. Is that what you're doing? Living at home, jamming with the dryer? I don't live at home, bro. I live above the garage. It's a whole separate dwelling. I've got my own phone line. Because people who do live above the garage or in the basement yeah. kind of always say that. Yeah. That's a stereotype. <laughs> um, a friend of mine, she was going on a, on a date the other day, and you know, and the person, not again, they shouldn't, you should like people for who they are. Some people's circumstances happen, but mm-hmm. the person was calling their place an apartment, and it ended up being like their parents' basement. And it's yeah. like, we've got a separate entrance, you know? And it's like, just call it for what it is, and that's yeah. fine, you know? <laughs> Uh, poor guy. <laughs> uh, who do we have next? I guess the next person we're introduced to really is uh, Maddie, and we talked about him. Um, yeah, I think he's the most boring character yeah. in this movie. He doesn't really have a personality other than like he wants to go to the same college his girlfriend is at because his girlfriend's a year older. <sighs> That's about it. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is kind of mean to him at times in this, but she's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, you guys, like, you're not really talking anymore. You're not seeing each other. I don't think this is going to work out. I, I know it's like a guy picked up the phone and it could have been her friend. I don't 100% think like that, that like, mm-hmm. oh, a guy was in her dorm room. It must mean something. But I, I get it when you're coupling it with all the other facts here. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it's. Also, isn't it wild that, like, they had a dorm room phone? That oh yeah, I didn't. This was like that. when cell phones weren't that normalized. I guess yeah. you had to have one, yeah. right? But like, I, by the time I got to school, we didn't have phones in there. But yeah, we just had cell phones. Yeah. It's even weird to walk into a place with a phone these days, like yeah. a, like a wall phone. Like, yeah. Like a better <laughs> word. Like, th- have you ever lived in like an apartment? Obviously, you lived in your house growing mm-hmm. up, but have you ever lived in an apartment with a phone? I don't think so. I don't think I have either. You know? Yeah. I'll call my apartment line. It's weird because whenever, I don't think I have any ears, but whenever you pick up a landline, it has like a different sound to it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> wow, we sound like we're yeah. really out of touch. Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess Francesca, Scarlett Johansson's mm-hmm. character, is the next one kind of introduced. Yeah, it is pretty gross. I want to bring up how she's she's introduced with like a crotch shot of her underwear. Oh my which God. Which is like very sexist and gross now this is by far now the most controversial shot of the breakfast club yeah i think it was a breakfast club yeah. homage and i'm like why pick this scene of all the scenes you i was like i was like movie? seriously apparently this film and like i've learned a lot of other films um in this genre like to copy like the breakfast club and other yeah. john hughes films and look there are plenty of problematic john hughes films and stuff but they're 
there are treasured films and there are a lot of good stuff yeah. in there too. But if you're going to pick something from The Breakfast Club, you pick the literally most cringeworthy shot in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and I Do know... the little dance scene instead. That's cute. <laughs> And I know, I know, like, that's not 2019. We're talking about mm. uh, 2004. But you have to have some concept of that, even when you're thinking of, like, let me shoot this, you know? Yeah. Like, that was a little bit. I yeah, like, especially with, like, we see her underwear before she gets to talk. Like, <laughs> and, and yeah. I don't know how old she was there, but you're Yeah, also, she's not movie, very like, old. She's, she's playing a, like a 17, 18 year old, like, and yeah. she's probably 19, 20 at the most herself. And, and I know whatever, like, at that, like, Molly Ringwald couldn't do the shot. Yeah, they, they had a body double because yeah, she was too she, young. You know, because she was too young. And again, that should have, yeah. like, <laughs> set off something in your head, John Hughes. But. The fact that you have to probably ask her about this, uh, Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson here, like, hey, can it, like, hey, no, you know, yeah. no, and I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to like harp on this too much, but I had the same reaction as you. Yeah, I'm like, what in the literal hell? Like, yeah, it's not even like, for lack of a better word, like this kind of movie, like you know, like American Pie is something where it's like about that. I'm not yeah. saying it's a good thing, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of there for no reason. It like doesn't really serve a purpose. Uh. Yeah. So if anyone wants to tell you like that the male gaze does not exist. Like, yeah, well, and then I read a couple of reviews of it, and one of the reviews was comparing that scene to the scene, opening scene of Lost in Translation, where she's also in her underwear, mm. but it's filmed by the woman director, Sofia Coppola. It's much less gross. Yeah, that's a <laughs> and, really and good point. And talking about those movies is illustrating the difference between the male and female. That is a house. really good point. Wow, I'll have to check that article out, because that's that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting. <laughs> and, okay, so her dad... I don't, like, does he own the building? Yeah, I think he owns the building that... <laughs> he can't the, own the SATs. Like, yeah, <laughs> he keeps SATs in. I think he owns the building. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, he's, like, a rich dude in New Jersey he suburbs. A... He likes to date younger ladies. Yeah. Um, which does exist. You know, mm-hmm. I can... I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's, like, not really involved in her life, so she's, like, uh, you know, that's supposed to be her like backstory her yeah. tragic backstory but so she's the rebel because yeah but you know the really the only way she's a rebel is like she has dyed hair and <laughs> she smokes cigarettes don't you and love she that? wears a lot of crop tops like she doesn't really do anything <laughs> bad <laughs> no she really doesn't I, yeah i guess look she's part of the heist i get that yeah like, besides that <laughs> that's pretty much it and she says what's on her mind you know yeah i think she runs a like a blog it, is it like some sort of gossip blog? I was trying to figure oh, out yeah, what it yeah. is. You, you like a proto for us helping or something. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't like rebellious, you know? No, that's like kind of nerdy. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't forget to slip in what I what I asked you to remember. Um, the What's it called? You said there was fanfic on this? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to drop this in somewhere because I want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then, like we said... Uh, Anna is that overachiever thing. Yeah. She is a second-ranked student in the school I wrote down, and she also wants to get into an Ivy League school, uh, Brown, I think. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's just a bad test taker. We know a lot of people like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's that's someone I think I mean, you yourself too, but like that's someone I think a lot of people could have related to. Yeah, yeah. She's like really overachiever, and then just like 
freaks out during the test and, yeah. and doesn't even finish it. What did you think of her character, though? Um, I mean, it was pretty, like, a, you know, type, a stereotype, but, like, as far as the other characters go, I think it was probably a little more in-depth than the others. Like, I think it's, you know, relatable, like, someone who is really no achiever, puts a lot of pressure on themselves, mm-hmm. and, like, has some feelings about that. <laughs> I think they could have, like, toned it up a little bit yeah. more, because it is so relatable. I did not understand her like romance with uh chris evans yeah it seemed a little bit random Um, i thought she might have been dating um darius miles character desmond i thought like they might have been an item because they seemed like yeah they were definitely like friends yeah friends and close yeah and and i they seemed like they just got along more Um, yeah i don't know how this thing happened with uh chris evans in terms of yeah, I, mean, I think they ha- they indicate that like he thinks she's hot. Yeah, so and, that's pretty clear. Yeah, but then they they don't really seem to have any chemistry. Neither do Scarlett Johansson and what's his name either. I I wrote down <laughs> something when that like they have that kiss. Yeah, and I'm like wait, I was like what the hell? Like, yeah, because <laughs> she's like criticizing him. Boom, kiss. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fan fiction was all about. It's either about. Eric Christian Kristen's character and Chris Evans' character, or like the two the two couples that happen, or it was about Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans' character. I could see that yeah. too, you know. Um, so, questions: Do you usually look up if there's fanfic for a film if you watch? It? Um, I usually don't, but <laughs> I just like googled like the perfect score and was just went through the first couple pages and on Google, and it wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and it was up there. And then um, I also searched it on Tumblr because I wanted to see if any of the scenes were on Tumblr, and oh, they had a couple links to fanfiction there as well. So I think it's just people who are really into Chris Evans discovered oh. this yeah <laughs> okay because honestly I, this is kind of an obscure film yeah like i mean a... there wasn't a lot of fan fiction <laughs> um i think uh ao3 which is like the big fan fiction mm-hmm. site had like four or five ones um and tumblr had maybe two or three so maybe 10 total but <laughs> that's something more than zero now what, what was your relationship with fan fiction in high school oh i was super into fan fiction but mostly like harry potter gotcha. and lord of the rings gotcha. i wasn't writing fan fiction for like random teen movies or, <laughs> or really reading no, because it. usually it's for like bigger things yeah. like that mm-hmm. i don't usually see it for this film no you know, <laughs> films like that so i'm kind of impressed now did you write fan fiction yes i did yeah again mostly harry potter and a little lord of the rings yeah that you know that that's cool. I I know a lot of people definitely. When I was in high school, it was kind of like an early like writing exercise. For yeah, people. I'll plug my work. You can. I wrote an essay for Medium this past summer about like how writing fan fiction as a teen oh. helped me like write for my job now for my career. Oh, so awesome! Check it out. Yeah, well, definitely check that one out. I'll, I'll repost it and make it people's <laughs> homework because that sounds really cool. Um, okay, so I guess, I mean, we don't have to talk about every scene here. Uh, mm-hmm. What scenes stick out to you? Um, what do you want to talk about? Honestly, if we even if we did talk about every scene, yeah. it probably wouldn't take long because there's not too many of them. Yeah, um, I did actually kind of like, they're a little cheesy, but I did kind of like the kind of fantasy scenes where we see, like, the bubbles and the tests rearrange themselves to spell out, like, help me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like a, I, I I thought that like was, that. like, a fun, cute detail. Because um, <laughs> you, you know how many hours you spend staring at, like, those bubble yeah. sheets, you know? <laughs> Eventually they're going to make sure. Yeah, it themselves. was, like, giving me a flashback, like, seeing <laughs> those. 
Um, yeah, so the, there's the first scene, the opening scene, where they're taking the test, and he notices that um, Anna hasn't finished hers, and that I don't remember what it spells out then. Um, and then there's another one where he's talking to his mom, who's a teacher, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, yeah, we're having the first graders oh, practice yeah. how to bubble in. Um, and then he has kind of a fantasy scene where they're saying, help me <laughs> on the in the bubbles. <laughs> Which, like, again, was very heavy-handed, but I did appreciate, like, the critique where the mom's like, there's more money in bubbling in than reading these days. Like, <laughs> <sighs> depressed me. <you> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like the theme of this film. Yeah. And they do have... Um, Francesca mentioned that SATs are sexist, and they have um, Dar- Darius Miles' character Desmond. Yeah. Desmond mentioned that they're racist, which both things are true. They don't really go into either of those. I kind of wish no, they had. No, and I wish they did. Um, but they do at least mention them. So, yeah. kind of my idea for like, <laughs> I was thinking like, how would I make this film better? Because I really did like the core. I didn't hate mm-hmm. the rest, but at times I kind of took my eye off the screen because yeah. I just wasn't like invested as much mm-hmm. <laughs> At, you know it was one of these things where i'm kind of more re- was researching during yeah it. Like, oh is that true <laughs> rather than watching the action and it's supposed to be kind of not action-packed but it's supposed to be like a heist yeah. film. i thought like it would be cool if a film like this came out that was similar to you know like i'm trying to think of like like moneyball or uh mm-hmm. what's that like wall street one that came out um you know the films where they kind of like break facts down and stuff? Oh, um, The Big Short? The Big Short, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily like that tone. Yeah. But in terms, I would have liked like little side things like they did with like the fantasies and the dream. Yeah. That explains like why the SAT is racist. Yeah. Why the SAT is like sexist and why it's just mm-hmm. like screws people over. Hey, honey. You want to help me grade assignments? We're teaching the kids to bubble in. First graders? Mm-hmm. Mom, most of these kids can't even read yet. Well, I hate to say it, but there's more money for the school in bubbling in than reading these days. Now he gets it. Just follow the money. Standardized testing is taking over, and it starts long before high school. Test scores go up, the schools get more cash. In some cases, Even teachers get paid. It's enough to piss you off. I mean, when you get the feeling that everything's slipping away, that you're gonna be left behind. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Because it was already in the language of the film, you know? Because yeah. it already had, like, fantasy elements. It wouldn't have been out of left field. Yeah, I think they could have gone a little harder on those. Because yeah. like, that was the mo- some of the most interesting parts to me. Yeah. Also, speaking of racism, I think we should bring out that the two men of color are the only ones without love interests in this movie. Oh, my God. They yeah. definitely paired up all the white people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do think you're right there, Erica Christensen and um, Derek, you smile. They've had better chemistry than the they two. did and yeah. I, I thought that's where they were going because i thought it was going to be like uh chris evans because mm-hmm. i have forgot yeah i thought it was going to be him and scratch johansson yeah yeah exactly that or when it was obvious that they were putting the kind of boring guy with scarlett johansson yeah i thought that he was gonna see how De- uh we are forgetting these character names that is fine <laughs> um how desmond and anna like mm-hmm. how they like had a relationship already or something or yeah. like had some chemistry and he was going to be like 
you know, mm-hmm. not like, I don't want to say back off because he shouldn't have probably like, whatever, but you know what I mean? Like I thought it was just going to be more about his quest and not, he has to kiss the girl. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and actually one of the reviews I was reading was like, this movie was too PC with them, including, you know, two women and two men of color. And what? I was like, really? really? You think so? <laughs> Things have, I don't think so. <laughs> I was thinking the opposite. Because yeah. How often do we see, like, oh, there's a diverse cast because there, there's women here and there's a black guy. Yeah. And, and, yeah, there, and you know, there are people of color. But the leader, quote unquote, is always yeah. a white guy. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, and this is one of those films. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like that we're trying to be racist kind of thing. It, it's just, unfortunately, a sign of the times. But it's something that still exists mm-hmm. in a lot of things today. And, no, that's a very, very good point. And both of the uh, people of color in this film are, I don't want to say, like, positioned as oddballs, mm-hmm. but now look, it's, I, I don't know if there's an Asian stoner stereotype. You yeah. Know? I, don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily think so, but he's certainly, like, you have a person of color as the comic relief and a person yeah. of color as Like the basketball the freak, athlete. You know, for lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. mean, you know, like the athletic freak. Like yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah, you know. Yeah, they, they definitely could have could have done better. <laughs> and uh, I saw a lot of reviews compare this to a film that I haven't seen, but we actually talked about it um, two weeks ago on Tokyo Drift, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow, which is a film that has very similar plot, but did not get a wide release, mm-hmm. did not, you know, got huge critical acclaim and Justin Lin was the director and he went on to direct like a million Fast and Furious films and make a lot of money. And that one has a uh, majority Asian American cast and they were like, a lot of people were like, watch that film mm-hmm. instead of this film. Like this film was like the fun mainstream one, but that one is better, you know, in terms of, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? Like just Better made, we'll say. Yeah. Better thought out. And again, it's a film I haven't seen. I definitely want to cover, but it has really good reviews. And I was like, oh, that's interesting that I was just reading about this movie. And um, I think this film does have a lot of problematic things. Even like they portray uh, Scarlett Johansson as a feminist, mm-hmm. you know, which which is great. But like, do we really see yeah. Any of that, you know? Yeah, not really. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's a feminist because her hair is dark. You yeah. Know, or like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I do like she makes a Dawson's Creek joke. I appreciated that. that was, yeah, that was cute. <laughs> Again, this is a film with a good core, but... Yeah, it had potential. I think it's similar to Saved, but even more so. Mm-hmm. That if you grew up and you watched it, you're going to have appreciation and like it more yeah then if i think if we showed this to like a 40 year old person right now they would be like this movie is not that great you yeah know? yeah <laughs> or even like a kid today too yeah. they might be like it, it hits a niche of like the oh o- f- whatever it was called i forgot yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the 2000s yeah generation. yeah i was actually i was kind of expecting this to be much worse than it was just because like I know the reviews were bad, but, you know, I I did enjoy revisiting it, but I don't think it, and I think I had some things that worked, but I do think overall, not the best. <laughs> yeah, and again, I, to be clear, this is not a bad film. Mm. This is not a bad film. It's just, I mean, for lack of a better word, it can be boring at times, you mm. know? Like, it, I feel like it could have 
it has potential. It could have gone to like a different yes. level. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's get into some other scenes then. Um, yeah. Just to kind of maybe explain to the audience of why we feel this way, mm-hmm. uh, one way or the other. Um, so are any, any other scenes that really stick out at you? Or? Um, I don't know if I like this scene or not, but the scene where they have like the, the Halloween masks on and they're trying to get through, get past the security cameras. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it worked or not. Um, <laughs> I, ha- I had questions. I was kind of like, why Why doesn't he just take the mask off? Because one of them, Maddie, the boring one, has <laughs> a goggles on, which A, is not going to protect his identity. <laughs> and then he like steams up the goggles and keeps running into stuff. And it's like, at this point, just take the goggles off. Yeah, Honestly, a lot of the heist elements didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. This building doesn't have security cameras, right? Like, it sometimes yeah. shows them. Or... Yeah, it has a couple... Because they're like openly walking around, hanging yeah. out at certain <laughs> points. And again, they so they sneak into the building, but once they're up there, mm-hmm. I mean, you've been to an office, right? Like, you, you, especially if you work somewhere. Yeah. You're going to notice a bunch of teenagers just walking around. I get they make the joke like, oh, interns, no one knows yeah. interns. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. Like, so, again, like some of the heist elements were, were silly. Uh, but oh, I guess for, for me, you could have either taken it two ways you could have made it really smart mm-hmm. or so silly that it's just funny, yeah you know? <laughs> um no but that was definitely like a, a scene that stuck out to me too or gen- and the whole heist thing in general and then i think we'll talk about their main heist more in, mm-hmm. in depth there i noticed there's a lot of phone throwing in this movie like throw, yes. throwing your phone away uh which is like the pre-iphone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Like, oh, and i guess you know some of those phones were really really strong so yeah that's why when everyone first got smartphones, like everyone dropped them because yeah. it was so, it's like it was like whatever before. Mm-hmm. Nothing can beat the devil wears Prada. Throw your phone. Scene, but <laughs> <laughs> this this had several phone throwing. Yeah, it did. It, de- yeah. it definitely did. I mean, is there anything before that main last heist that you'd want to talk about? Or? Um, hmm. I kind of like the scene where they're planning the heist at while the brothers. Oh a party. yeah, that is actually that I do actually like that. Pretty scene. cute. Yeah. Now, their rotation isn't really precise, and we're going to be using flashlights inside. So we'll watch out for the guards to make sure you cut them off. Right, exactly, exactly. Now, inside, Francesca's going to ask the night security guard to disconnect the alarm on the rear stairwell door, saying she has boxes to unload from her car, something she's done in the past. Maddie and I have about 20 seconds to get inside the stairwell before the guard returns to the front desk and his security bank of monitors. We'll take the stairs to the roof, Wait for Francesca's key card. From here, we're almost home. We get in, we get the answers, and we get out. Shortly after midnight, this is me. 25 minutes into Saturday morning, and a whole lot closer to the rest of my life. So they're like, uh, Chris Evans, I always forget their character names. <laughs> That's fine. Chris Evans is, uh, his brother says that he can have people over, and then it's wine tasting Tuesday, something <laughs> like that, and it's actually a party. Yeah, I actually liked the brother elements because, like, I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but let's say he's supposed to be like, I don't know, how old do you think he's? Supposed yeah, to be? probably like early twenties, I would yeah. guess. Yeah, I definitely did not take my life seriously enough at that point in my mm-hmm. early twenties, and not that I wouldn't host a wine night now, but I definitely would host 
more of a party like that yes. at that time or attend them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was a pretty realistic element to yeah. me. Um, and then, you know, they go to his room and they plan that out. And you're right, I do like a good planning scene. Yeah. The planning scene might have been even more exciting than the, <laughs> the heist nice. itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the little fish fins on the map. <laughs> yeah, like that was cool. Like I, yeah. I, I like that. I also, again, I like a good map scene. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, heist without a, a heist movie without a planning scene just fails yeah um no that's definitely a good scene to bring up and then we you know we get to this heist and of course things don't go as planned Mm -mm, they never do (laughs) (laughs) no they never do but they almost i kind of wish they went more awry at the beginning you know eventually like and we'll get to it but the heist scene ends up being more I definitely saw the way they were trying to pay homage to the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Let's get to know each other because we're stuck in this place. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't always hit home. Um, We we learn a couple interesting things. Like, is it here or is it later? I I wrote down that they they have a scene where they're kind of talking about, like, what would they do with Um, the money? I think it's during the planning scene where one of the characters, I think maybe... Desmond is like, I'm not going to do this. And he's like, did you see the game you played? And he's like imagining a future yeah. for all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, they talk about their future a lot. You know? Yeah. And again, just to put pressure on like a 17-year-old to think about like your yeah. future. Oh, it makes me think. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's realistic because at that time it seems yeah. like everything oh. weighs on this test. Yeah. I think this scene did kind of show how... Um, Weak the characters were because yes, yes. <laughs> some of the futures were were not very good. Yeah, not good, and I'm struggling remembering them. Now, yeah, you know? <laughs> I know. Uh, Desmond was like playing basketball, doing yeah, good, um, which we knew. Yeah, Maddie was with his girlfriend, which again we knew. Yeah, <laughs> um, Anna was on a she missed the game. She was on a date, and I don't even remember what Francesca's was. Well, Francesca has that whole thing. It's like, oh, I'd, maybe I'd open up an animal shelter. Yeah. Or then she's like, maybe just be a mom. Oh, yeah, which also, like, yeah, that that was not great. <laughs> I just, I feel like that character wouldn't have said that, you know? Cause no. It implies, like, oh, because her mom wasn't around, so she yeah. wants to be a mom. But Yeah, especially for her being like, I'm a feminist. And then she's yeah. like, you know, I want to be one of those women who, like, it doesn't matter what their career is. I just want to be a really good mom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's not dissing, like, if someone wants to have kids. It's like... She literally says that. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you remember the line. Like, I don't care what my career is. I just want to yeah. be a mom. And Which, like, like, you know, you can definitely be a feminist and a stay-at-home mom. But, like, I think the her saying, you no, yeah. kind of implying you can't both be serious about your career and be a good mom Certainly is, in the, way is she the said. non-feminist thing. Now, yeah. it's kind of coupled where I think the next line she says is, like, or be in porn. Yeah, yeah. But she, they, to me, they were making it seem like... Oh, that's all a facade, and really, she just wants yeah, to be a mother. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care about college, career. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. <laughs> I saw a review of this, and it's like, this is this film is right wing propaganda, and I'm like, I don't know if I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> But maybe here, <laughs> yeah. maybe like that line where, again, propaganda is a little heavy. Yeah. But it's certainly, again, we're putting words in people's mouths probably, but it certainly to me felt like what a man who doesn't really know what feminism is thinks of a feminist. And you, yeah. I'm sure you've heard this, like people being like, oh, she's just a feminist because she never had a boyfriend. Yep. Or, yeah. Or because you know, she just needs kids and that'll, like, you know. Like, yeah. And that's, come on, that's like the most, oh, it's like so 
silly and toxic and that's the one of the only places here where i that this being right-wing propaganda makes sense because i mean did you feel that at other times no i mean i think because i think we mentioned like it doesn't go far enough into this but i think they do say you know sat is racist and sexist yeah and that doesn't feel like that doesn't seem like something right-wing propaganda would (laughs) do only i guess is like yeah you know the government is creating these tests yeah and you know like it it might be libertarian if anything yeah that could be the right-wing spin but it's certainly not like what we see as traditional (laughs) right-wing propaganda i mean the only other thing maybe is that it seems to at times have like an anti-pot message in this. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess that like, which yeah. is not the Breakfast Club, ironically. No, it is not. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like, I think this movie is kind of sexist, in, not in ways that are like, you know, an MRA making, but just in a way you can tell, I don't know what the breakdown of the writer's room is, but, but one can assume. I would assume that... <laughs> It was mostly men probably writing the characters, just with the like the scene of the Scarlett Johansson underwear, um, just the kind of like everyday sexism you see. Yeah, I mean, we'll put it this way, right? Like, whoever I don't know if it was the writer, I don't know if it was the director, I don't know if it was mm. the producer, but somebody who is in charge, and this is produced by MTV Films, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that, but somebody who was in charge of this film certainly is exactly what you're saying, you know? Like, yeah, so, like a. I don't know, like an out-of-touch man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. You know Not that I mean? he's, like, like, intentionally, like, I hate women, but that just, you know, we live in a society and that society influences how people see gender. Absolutely, yeah. yeah no, and I, I got that vibe, too, and and it's mostly from Scarlett Johansson's character. Yeah, yeah. Just another thing, they seem to really pit the two women characters against each other. And not for really any reason. Like, they weren't in competition right. over no reason. over the men or over a test or anything. They just kind of seemed to not like each other. <laughs> uh, there was a line, um, I guess, I guess this Scarlett Johansson like, looks at Anna and she's like, something like, you look like a slut, yeah. but I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end when she shows up in her cami and <laughs> instead of her old navy sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, yeah, no, and that <laughs> <laughs> they end up like I guess infiltrating the place, and if, if one of the challenges that it, again, this is where they need to like up the ante a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to be in a place, and it wasn't in that place. Like, oh, you know? yeah. So they find a computer, and uh, maybe you understood this more than I did, but they had to retake the test to get the answers. Mercer County SAT exam to be administered uh, fall two thousand four. <laughs> print one, print one. Print. <laughs> Print one, let's get out of here. Um, you need three other passwords and three other people to print. So can you figure it out? Uh, sure, just give me six months in the CIA mainframe. Well, that was fun. Guys, the exam's right here. Yeah, you just need the answers. Exactly. Oh, I get it. Come on, team. Makes perfect sense. We'll take the test now so we can steal our own answers, and then we'll take the real test with the stolen answers we were afraid would be wrong in the first place. It's nice. It's really nice. Who wants pancakes? Wait, no, 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 no. Guys, 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 the exam's right here. Now, maybe we thought this was bigger than us one-on-one, but there's no way it's gonna beat all six of us together. Oh, come on, man. Maddie, just try this, okay? If it takes 15 people eight hours to make 100 items, how many hours will it take six people working at the same rate to make half as many items. 10? 
10 hours? D, 10. <laughs> yeah, well, so I think they were able to access the test, but they weren't able to access the answer key. So they were like, let's all work together and figure out the answers on our own. So they never really get the answers. They just know what the questions are going to be. Yeah, they just divided up among themselves to do the answers. So you're just kind of relying on everyone else to, and I'm sure that I mean that's probably somewhat of an effective strategy yeah. because they do have, have yeah. a, bu a bunch of people, and that's where they kind of reveal their strengths. And yeah, Desmond is he secret either, math genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a secret math genius. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going down the rabbit hole with saying this, but that's a certain kind of racism to me in terms of like. They're expecting the audience to be like, "Oh my god, yeah, the black He's good basketball player is good yeah. at math." Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and yeah, it sounds like we're like shitting on this movie. And honestly, I bet you if you watch a lot of movies at the time, it's similar things. But I'm like, so what if he's good at math? Like, that's not supposed to be yeah, like. like well punchline for lack of a better word yeah like, like why well, would be more surprised he's good at math than we are that chris evans character is good at verbal <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a, like there's really no correlation yeah. um i guess i guess the only thing someone could say is oh he showed that he did not do well at the yeah. sats before so one could assume that he's not good yeah. at math but his explanation makes perfect sense once he says yeah it, he's like, like i'm great at math and i did bad on the verbal so <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay. Makes sense. <laughs> exactly. <It's not laughs> they throw in a mom's dead thing. Someone's mom's dead. I wrote down. Um, the stoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think are both his parents dead or just his mom? I... It might be both his parents. Yeah, I think because yeah. you know, someone says like, "Oh, what about your mom?" Yeah, and he's like, he kinda, "My yeah, mom's dead." Yeah. Because he kind of built. That's what it is. He kind of built a relationship with Desmond's mom. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of that element? Um, I don't know. Like, it was kind of cute, but I think they did that in lieu of giving him a love interest <laughs> and giving either of them a love interest, which, not good. Yeah, and again, it was, like, very anti-weed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one of the ways, yeah, which yeah. I'm like, I mean, as far as drugs go, I don't... <laughs> think that's the one you want to come down hard against <laughs> and it, yeah and look this is a movie it's like it was unnecessary for that like because the movie's not about that yeah know? i mean yeah. maybe it's not anti-weed in a sense because i mean we'll reveal later but he ends up doing okay for himself you know? yeah yeah <laughs> but no it definitely it definitely is and i got it from the mom like mm -hmm. whatever she's a mom she doesn't yeah like that i guess but like some of the characters like are very judgy yeah too when it comes to it and i don't know like well you know what these characters don't have that outward of like flaws where mm -hmm. like there's not much to point out about yeah. them, except that i guess uh wow i keep forgetting the stoner kid's name roy yes. i guess roy has flaws because he's not going to class at all and stuff yeah he's like cutting class <laughs> not doing any work yeah but this film wants to be the breakfast club clearly because it copied a lot of stuff but in that film whether people like it or not and whether the flaws are fair or not because there's an argument for that mm -hmm. those those characters are very flawed characters and, and yeah they show us throughout that film mm -hmm. and i don't think this film did enough of that no i think they're trying to with the characters <laughs> just weren't well written enough yeah uh 
the names today. Uh, boring guy. Yeah, Maddie. <laughs> like, yeah, Maddie. He he's supposed to be flawed because he's like really likes his. He's obsessed with his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. All we ever learn about him is that he likes his girlfriend, and then, <laughs> and then he likes Scarlett Johansson. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And that's him. Yeah. And that you know. Uh, and he loves wearing t-shirts over long sleeve shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Which guys, again, I'm gonna say it's it, a look. <laughs> it was a thing. It was a thing. Yeah. Strange thing, but it was a thing. Um, I, I guess the big scene here is they do end up getting caught, uh, but Maddie sacrifices yeah. himself for the team, which I which I thought was nice, and it showed like. Yeah, he had nothing to lose, but <laughs> his relationship with the girl he doesn't even. He, like. he literally did have nothing yeah. to lose. <laughs> what happens after that? Um, then they, Scarlett Johansson, um, bails Maddie. Yes. Out of jail. And she's also wearing a very good 2004 outfit, which is like super low rise jeans and a crop top that looks like a suit, halter, a halter crop top made out of like a suit with a a tie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then they have, they make out in the parking lot after she bails him out. And then I think, oh yeah. And that's when, um. Desmond's mom goes and gets Roy. <laughs> yeah. Makes him take a shower and throw out his weed. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, yeah. And then uh, Anna is like, has a like, screw you, mom moment. Yeah, yeah. of course. We needed that. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, I'm not going to Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And then they all decide, which I thought was kind of a cop out. They meet up again and they're like, you know what? I really am going to take that essay. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I need to do this because, of, like, I spent probably a lot of, like, money for a teenager and time, like, getting this plan yeah. together. Also, even if it's still cheating, though, because they already saw all the questions and practiced them, at least half of them. Yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> yeah. too, because, yeah, it's still cheating. It's yeah. not, presumably in this world, it's one test. And you're not, you know, getting new, I don't know, it's not a fresh test, so you're right. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, too. Yeah, it's it's not. I guess it's not as cheating, as much cheating it's, as like right looking at the. No, but how are they going to get away with that anyway? Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Also, that was another thing. I'm like, <laughs> you just like wrote them down on a piece of paper. You think they're going to notice too. that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess they take away some of their advantages, and then of course there's the scene where uh, the brother kind of knows that Matthew Lillard yeah. knows that he cheated, and he's like, "You left the plans on my." Yeah, he's like, who do you think the parents would be more ashamed of? Someone who, someone who lives at home in their twenties, or someone who cheats on the SAT? <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you? And if you don't have an answer, that's fine. But like, how do you feel about these scenes in general, in terms of when idiot character suddenly gains knowledge, or like he becomes the, or he or she becomes like the voice of wisdom? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think the whole end of this movie felt like really heavy-handed. I think with better writing, mm-hmm. it can be okay, but. No, I think you're yeah. right, because I generally, like, am someone who's, like, kind of a sucker for these scenes. Mm-hmm. They happen a lot, and sometimes they're silly, like, the mute talks, yeah. you know, or, or, I don't know, there's probably, like, something on the internet that has, like, a name for what this mm-hmm. is, or just, like, the, the, it's usually the mute talks, you know, mm-hmm. or, like, the, the, the person who seems like they were the dumbest person in the world has all the wisdom now. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, Matthew Lillard's character here, and I don't, I don't think for a film like this that's a bad idea mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right with the heavy-handedness whereas uh, we keep going back to save because again that's just the last one we talked about yeah saved um had a little bit of yeah that. it did it a little bit as well but i think not 
Not as much. No, because some of the characters still, like, didn't go back to, in that film, yeah. particularly didn't go back to, like, the Christian ways yeah. or whatever that was, you know? Characters were changed. But everybody in this film, like, seems like they have to learn a lesson. You yeah. Know? What that lesson is, is not very clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, it's kind of like, together, all our strengths. <laughs> Score good on the SAT. And then, but what were, again, yeah. like, what the, what, some of them was math, some of them was yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, then it was also, like, stealing is bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I guess the, uh, the coda of the film, kind of, is that Kyle doesn't go to Cornell. Yeah. But he gets into Syracuse, which is also a very good school. And he, yeah, and he still has a girlfriend, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> He's a new girlfriend, Francesca. <laughs> uh, Desmond ends up going to St. John's, which, yeah. by the way, that's not St. John's in the film. Mm-hmm. Maddie ends up becoming an actor. Yeah, which is very <laughs> random. There was no, like, inclination for yeah. that in the film, so I was like, oh, okay. They okay. just needed something to do. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Francesca writes a novel, um, yeah. which is essentially the film. You know? Yeah. It's Whoa. about, like, kids stealing SAT scores. Anna, which I think I like what Anna did. Yeah, I like that too. She took a year off. I think she went to Europe. Or, yeah. And she went, I don't know what school she ended up getting into. I don't know if it says, but. And I encourage more people to do that. Like, I know I should. Well, you just, you, you know, cost a lot of money to take Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, this isn't like the backpacking days of yeah. your, like, just getting there is tough. It seems like a really nice <laughs> thing, but it's just, like you said, not very realistic. But if I had to put my shelf myself like in any of their fates i'd like to be roy like getting rich and stuff but realistically like it would be nice to go to europe you know for, yeah for a year and then take your time and decide on college so yeah good for anna i mean yeah i think it also it kind of implies she like went to columbia too so oh, does it? okay <laughs> well she's definitely in new york so oh yeah you're yeah. right you're right <laughs> Going, taking the train oh, from Grand yeah, Central. Oh, yeah, they had that silly yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So right. I was like, instead of Brown, she went to Columbia. So <laughs> oh, big, <deal laughs> big change, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends what she went for, but arguably Columbia. Obviously, they're like on par with each other. Yeah. Arguably Columbia, for yeah. a lot of things, is a yeah. better school than Brown. But like, we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, I mean, it could conceivably be NYU or something else in the city, too. But Yeah, yeah. but it, it, yeah, she definitely like didn't you know stay at home. Yeah, good luck, guys. <laughs> Uh, oh, duh. And then Roy. Oh, yeah. He doesn't take the SAT, or he does, he doesn't do well or something, you know, he, but he ends up, because he doesn't even graduate high school, or he does well. He does well in the SATs, yes. but he was bottom of the class, so yes, still didn't I get into college. Instead, he designs video games and has a bunch of bikini girls <laughs> around him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very rich yeah. and, you know. I did like the scene earlier where they're like, what did you want to be when you grew up? And he's like, oh, there's this video game that I loved. It had an alien that would just eat people. And they're like, oh, you wanted to design video games? That's cool. He's like, no, I wanted to be the alien. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I wanted to to be Blanca. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Street Fighter. That's what it was. You're right. (laughs) That's hilarious. But it did show that he was into the video games and stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, it's an ending. It ties all the bows. Some yeah. of didn't even know we needed tied, like, Maddie being an actor and stuff. Yeah, that was random. Um, so, you know, it, it serves a purpose. It brings up some interesting points. So, But I guess I'll ask you, what did you like about the film? Like, what was positive? Because I feel like we might have had a little bit of a negative yeah. thing here. And I, and I don't think maybe that's fair to the entire thing. Yeah, um, I think the fantasy 
sequences were fun. Um, I liked that it was, had an anti-standardized test message. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That was my favorite part, um, yeah. That The acting was big range of Catelyn. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, Scarlett Johansson and Erica Christensen and um, Roy Leonardo Nam. Yeah. yeah, we're all pretty charismatic and like fun to watch. Chris Evans was actually kind of boring, which I think he's probably the most famous out of everyone, except maybe Scarlett Johansson in this movie. Um, but, his mean, character he, was kind of boring. I guess there's only so much you can do. Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. And, uh, you know, also if you're him, you know, you're you're kind of... I don't know his mindset at the time, so this is like probably unfair yeah. to say. But I don't think he was challenged is a better way no. that I could say. You know, I don't think he was challenged in a role. He's a young guy. It's just like be a young guy. You yeah. Know? And, and that, I don't necessarily blame him for that. Uh, but I definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. He didn't really stand out. Yeah. I didn't even remember he was in this. Yeah. I vaguely remembered Scarlett Johansson was in this. Mm-hmm. Him, yeah. No, I, I didn't remember. I certainly didn't remember Maddie. You know? Yeah. I went through, I think I was, I probably got it because of Scarlett Johansson because mm-hmm. I did like her in a lot of movies at that time. Um, she kind of sucks now in terms of like, taking roles oh, that are right, supposed yeah. to be played by people of color and trans people. So, um, she, totally am not times, like, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, totally not a fan of her choices with that regards now, but I do think like she is a pretty talented actress and hopefully she learns better <laughs> and makes better well, you would think life choices. Has, right? it was, uh, it was, I mean, she keeps, just keeps doing it. So she's not learning at re- this point. She was in that ghost in the shell movie and then she was going to play, um, it was like a trans, a trans, ca- tra- trans character, man yeah. character, um, which I think she did eventually step out of due to the How backlash. somebody not tell you like, yeah, hey, you, you gotta Scarlett. have someone on your team be like, <laughs> look, <laughs> you're a cis white girl. So you should probably, there's plenty of roles for us you should even, stick to that even if you think that you could do it whatever yeah. like and even let's i don't think she like is like that's bullshit like i don't know i don't know her like her personally but i don't know if she's like angry about it or anything like that because mm-hmm. she doesn't come out and say well i remember she? with the ghost in the shell she had did an interview and she was like you know i, w- I was just i was trying to make the feminist decision and prioritize feminist feminism over mm. like racial politics and it's like that you're doing you're doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> if those oh, things don't that. intersect like i didn't realize she said yeah that yeah no but i i guess i never saw her as like a mean-spirited person but perhaps maybe yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think that's the thing no. about, like, you know, racism and sexism and other forms of prejudice. It doesn't have to be intentional to have bad effects. No, you're right, you're right. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, there also is a lot of intentional racism, too, in yeah. our world. And, um, but the, what, the elements in here that maybe are a little cringeworthy, to your point, I don't think they're intentional. No, well, the underwear scene. Oh, yes, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you, wonder. You can't talk out of that. One. What no, that you, you conversation was like. You can't defend yourself in that one. Good <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah, but that's like icky to in like twelve different places. I'll put it yeah. that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like the original one. Like that's not just because it was done by John Hughes doesn't mean to repeat yourself. So again, yeah. I, I take that back. You're right. There's a couple things in here that are like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Um, anything else though you enjoyed about the film? Um, it was fun to revisit the fashion. Of 2004. One of my favorite parts, too, <laughs> just to see that. Yeah. Or I guess they probably filmed it earlier. Um, Early yeah. 2000s. 
And I think, like, I usually, I do like a good heist movie. I don't know if this is a good heist movie, <laughs> but I enjoyed watching it. And I think it does, it. like, it brings in comedy in a way that I laughed at. <laughs> yeah, I certainly laughed in this yeah. film, for sure. Um, I tend to agree, you know, with what you're saying with a lot of that. I just to me, missed opportunity. That's the biggest thing here. Yeah, it had, I think it had potential and ultimately did not come through. Besides for the stuff that you didn't like, the obvious, like that shot yeah. we're talking about and stuff. <laughs> is there anything, maybe if this was remade today, you would change or anything? Yeah, I mean, I redirect think redirect it yourself. I th- yeah, I, I think um, kind of get rid of the ending, um, go harder on the talking about why the SAT is racist and sexist mm-hmm. and like not a good way to measure intelligence or anything um, and write the characters better so that they have better, you know, more of a backstory more than just being like a type and um, get rid of Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, would you change the composition of the characters? Did you think there were too many perhaps? or? Um, I think it was kind of a lot of people. I think, yeah. I keep hating on Maddie, but Maddie <laughs> served, no, served no purpose. Sorry, Maddie. Yeah. And yeah, maybe like rearrange those couples, like get uh, Anna together with Desmond. They had better chemistry and yeah. 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 I, that's probably a better spin on this thing because you could really remake this film and it probably, it could be like a hit and an awesome film. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot that it wants to say, and I just kind of wish it said its message better. So uh, every week we rate the film on a particular scale, uh, you know, uh, one out of five, but we pick an object on the film to rate it on. I'm not sure what to pick here. Do you have any yeah. ideas? Well, I was thinking, like, we should give it an SAT score, but then I was like, that's a lot of numbers, and that might be too confusing. Well, what was the SAT at, a 1600? Um, yeah. I think at the time. I wish it was like a more even number because yeah. that would be really fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I wouldn't know what. Well, I guess it, I would give it a 900, which is the minimum square Desmond needs <laughs> to get into St. John's. Uh, or maybe just maybe an 850, <laughs> just below that. No, because I, I don't want this film not to get into college. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's like scrap the system today. Mm-hmm. And I, I like what you're going with here. Whatever score for me it would get is something similar to what you're saying. Yeah. I would give it something where, hey, you're doing a good job, but maybe you should retake the SATs. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Just for me on my trip home thinking, oh, man, we didn't rate it on a one to five scale. Yeah, like, i give what, it like a three. Three? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like 2.5 right in the middle. So I think we're, uh, I think we're you know, close there. So... All right, not 2.5 SAT score. Yeah. We'll say, you know, whatever, the bubble sheet thing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm trying to think of what else there was. Oh, I did also like how Scarlett Johansson's character was always painting her nails with things that weren't nail polish, yeah. like white out or Sharpies. I've definitely um, done that, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, white out, Sharpies, whatever. They know our score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect score, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah, know. which a lot of the reviews were like, this movie does not get a perfect score <laughs> with me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the perfect score, maybe. The perfect film, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reviews. I, I like to like mock the reviews sometimes, but then I think about it, if that was my job, it's hard to Yeah, it's out. hard to resist. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just got to do it. We're talking about it, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> So anything else you'd like to say about the uh, perfect score or 
Anything in general? Um, yeah, not really. It was, um, you know, fun to rewatch it. I think probably first time in 10 years. And fashion changed a lot since then. And so have my feelings about Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, yeah. very good point. <laughs> Your feelings like of Scarlett Johansson kind of are like the long sleeve shirt, short sleeve shirt combo yes. <laughs> that Maddie wore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, okay, every week I ask my guests, too, what sleeping bag they're bringing to the slumber oh, party. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a perfect score sleeping bag, because what would that be, the answer booklet, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that might be cool. You could pick that, but. Huh, I don't know. I mean, I, I know last time I said, like, sparkly, glittery, pink <laughs> one. Um, I feel like, yeah, I don't know, what's, like, a high sleeping bag? Like, <laughs> black you can wear as a backpack, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. <laughs> All right, Erica, uh, where can people follow you if they want to follow yeah. you? Yeah, um, I'm Erica Wynn on Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's spelled E-R-I-K-A, just like Erica Christensen, uh, Wynn, W-Y-N-N, and no hyphens or dashes or anything. Easy. Very simple, you know? And I'm going to write down, I'm going to, like, I'm going to see if she has Twitter and be like, hey, are there any other famous Ericas? I didn't know um, before Googling her that Erica Christensen is a Scientologist. Oh, she is. Yeah. Never mind. I don't want to <laughs> screw with them. <laughs> yeah. Eric, I think Erica Badu is the most famous Erica, but Erica Christensen spells it the same way as me. We'll find some more Ericas for you, though. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Maybe some of our uh, slumberers out there will we'll, we'll point some out. But Erica, thanks so much for coming on. You know, obviously, thanks for having me. You're always invited back. and. Perfect score. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. And again, I, I want to be clear. I was happy watching it. And it, it's a fun watch. It is. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Pencils down. Good. Huge thank you to Erica for hopping on with me again. It's always great having her. Really hope that we get her to come back again. Hope you guys enjoyed our chat. Hope you guys enjoyed the perfect score. And I hope it was clear that we really did enjoy watching the film and talking about it. Yeah, we picked on it a little bit, but that's part of the fun, you know? Plus, if you do disagree with us, you know where to find us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. High School Slumber Party. It's really easy. Or you can email me at highschoolslumberparty, all one word, at gmail.com. So, I promised a special announcement, right? As you know... Today's release date is March 1st, and I kind of teased this last month when I called out, well, when I was kind of, you know, chastised, we'll say, for my tuba bashing on this show, and I do apologize for that, and, you know, to correct my previous offenses, I'm officially declaring March, March through March. Marching Band Appreciation Month. In honor of our March through March, Marching Band Appreciation Month, we're going to be covering some marching band high school films. Oh, wait. I couldn't find any, because apparently they do not exist. Can you believe that? I cannot find one marching band-centric high school film. What a shame. Instead, we'll be marching through March with a different band-related guest speaker each week. You're not going to want to miss that, trust me. So our first speaker will be here next week, and we'll leave it at that. I want to keep him secret from week to week, but it's still going to be fun. 
don't worry. Speaking of next week, your homework does include watching a movie that happens to have a marching band in it, but that's just a coincidence. For next week, you guys need to watch The New Guy. He has more soul than you can feel. I got soul! More moves than you can handle. And more pain than you can imagine. When it came to being bad, Dizzy was no good. I hear you having troubles. Until he got a few lessons. You gotta look tough. That ain't right. From the best in the business. That with crazy eyes. It's like somebody hit you in the back of the head. Try it. Oh, you act like you can't get up there. Well, motivation's on the way. Uh, just roll around. You'll be all right. Now, he's coming back. Good luck, kid. Back in the truck! Who the hell are you? I'm the new guy. <gasps> to show a school that's getting no respect. We haven't won a game in five years. How to get some. Can't believe those wussies aren't going to show up. Let's do it! Ah! The team isn't killing us. The fans are. Woo! This may. I wish I had the confidence you have. Ah! Dude's crazy. This was for the Players Club. <laughs> if you want to make a big difference... I'm really sorry, I mean, the guy's spitting your tuba. I taste it funny. Woo! Dare to be different. I'm talking about the funk. It just takes some time, a little good in a little... You have to make her say, who's your daddy? While respecting her as a woman. The new guy. Want to take my clothes off with your teeth? Okay, you talk me into it. And my guest next week will be my good friend and a returning guest, Mike Rivera. So, as always, I ask, please leave me a five-star review and a rating. Well, I guess five-star rating and a review on iTunes. And you can listen to us on iTunes, of course, and anywhere you get your podcast. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, as always, on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Speaking of the old .me, you need to check out my other show, P.S. I Love Hoffman, the Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast, which I host with the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried. We actually have a commentary and rewatch out today. It's for the Ides of March, very appropriately. You definitely want to check that out. And remember... Also, Fridays are for fun. It's a big, big release date on CageClub.me. And, of course, we're going to have the Tom Tom Club. And guess who's on the episode of the Tom Tom Club this week? If everything's okay. I mean, I think that's correct on the calendar. But check it out. The next Tom Cruise episode, Risky Business, is going to feature yours truly. And it's a good one. You don't want to miss that. And, again, you can get... Tom Tom Club, Cruise Club, Foodie Films, Wistful Thinking, P.S. I Love Hoffman, Third Time's a Charm, Too Fast, Too Forever, and all the other great shows wherever you get your podcasts or on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. But remember, the 
best thing you can do to help this podcast out is by telling a friend about it. And by getting John Cusack. Ugh, I couldn't even say his name. I was so filled with, with anger. But more sadness, because we like John Cusack. But by getting John Cusack to unblock us on Twitter. And then tell a friend as well. Spread the high school slumber party love. I leave you with one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, not really. Yeah, sometimes. I don't want to admit it. Guilty pleasure song. We'll put it that way. <laughs> it's also on the soundtrack. Get Low by Lil John and the East Side Boys. Oh, that Lil John. He always tells the truth. Later, dudes.